right, someone's got to do it, right? Someone's got to be that guy who has Devin Bush's back. I'm going to do it today and maybe next week and maybe, maybe the week after that, but I don't know how much longer. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Bush stood in front of cameras and microphones for the first time over the entirety of training camp out in Latrobe, and he didn't exactly impress. When asked whether or not he sees this as his last chance to stick with the Steelers, this was the exchange that resulted. It's a different mindset if you're going into a expiring contract contract year. You from a different deal in the first time you agree. No, not really. Um, like I said, I got 17 weeks. As with most everything related to this young man, I'm really, really struggling for answers. When he was a rookie, I had many a conversation with him. One in particular that stands out, it was in the end zone of Heinz Field following an activity that the team had out there. And spoke for a while, really uh, bright, energetic, enthusiastic. He thought he was a little smaller than I had imagined standing across from me. I'm 6'2". He's not. And that part of it consumed at least a little bit of my brain as we were going on. But from his conduct and the way he carried himself... I was really impressed and shared that with everyone at the time, including in video form. And there were other talks along the way. Nowhere, at no point, did I ever get the indication that this is someone who is aloof, who is whatever, who is all that that you just heard in that exchange. I also never got even the faintest notion that he was what he's become on social media, which is just completely weird. So uh, being somebody who likes to give people the benefit of the doubt, I think that makes for a better world overall if we all approach it that way. I'd like to think that that 2019 version of Bush was probably the real one, being that what's happened to him between now and then, the most noteworthy event, obviously, was the blowing out of the ACL. I have dealt with many an athlete who've lost what makes them great, and I mean that in the snap of a finger, or in this case, the snap of a knee ligament, or in the case of a baseball pitcher, the snap of an elbow ligament, where it's all just gone. You are on top of the world one minute. The Pittsburgh Steelers are trading up to get you at number 10 overall. He was dressed. Remember that with that crazy uh, gray and white crossover jacket, like a million bucks soon was to be paid many millions more. And then 
boop, just like that, it's gone. It's all taken away from you. Everything that you could do, everything that everyone loved you for, is just not there. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. So yeah, I'd like to think that this was something that was caused by a physical issue. And I'd like to think that it's something that can be remedied through a physical performance. But he's the one that has to be able to do it, and before that, want to do it. And that's the part that's maddening right now when you watch him. And you see this preseason game the other night, the way he's gone right back to just running into blocks, seemingly avoiding contact, coming out of the game with zero tackles and zeros across the board on his stat sheet. And it, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't dovetail at all with that late season award ceremony that I've talked about on this show a couple of times that I'll remind for those who missed it, in which Bush was recognized for his uh, courage and determination in coming back. And Mike Tomlin was there and he was applauding. He was really into this. Tomlin really, really, really wanted, I think, maybe to a fault, to convince himself that this was all just, you know, a matter of time. If Zach Banner could get derailed with the same injury, then, hey, at least Bush is out there giving it his all and taking every rep. Well, George Pickens is coming off a knee ligament issue, too, and George Pickens is only the mega star of camp. And no, not all knee ligaments are created equal and all that other stuff. But, but, at some point or other, the knee ligament has healed. It's been repaired, and as medical people will tell you, it actually becomes stronger than it was before. So what's missing? What has changed this young man? I don't believe for a split second that it's something to do with media or or anything like that, because I've never known of any issue, including with anything related to me, where he's had some kind of problem with a reporter. Never heard of any such thing. I don't believe that he's turned off by the fans. I mean, you could... You know, check social media and find out real quick that he's not popular. If he does that, then my goodness, that's not something you want to be doing as a professional athlete in any context. I just think he, at that point, had something. Snap sounds too strong. Sounds almost AB-ish. But he had something in him that was humbled or brought back to earth by that injury and by all that idle time and by all that rehab. It's not easy. Any athlete will tell you it's the toughest thing they go through. You feel left out. You feel lonely. You feel deserted. You feel like a lot of the people who liked you before weren't genuine. And it can make you embittered, according to people that I've interviewed over the years 
on this subject. Here's hoping, this is my positive that I promised, here's hoping that somehow, some way, Saturday night in Jacksonville, Bush goes berserk, just starts pummeling people, bringing them to the ground, get up and dance, do something that makes you feel like you're back on top of the world, start forcing fumbles and picking up fumbles the way he was back as a rookie, get back into coverage mode. He's still a better coverage inside linebacker than anyone the Steelers have. At least he should be. Make some plays. Smile a little bit. Go give somebody the finger. Do whatever it is that you got to do, but get back on that horse. When we come back, J1Q. Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Rusty, who says, Hey, DK, looking back, you've mentioned over the late spring and the summer that the Steelers have needs at RB2. How do you think they're looking now? And who do you think is, in fact, the Steelers' number two at running back right now. My feeling on this, Rusty, and boy, is it not shared universally, it seems, is that it's Jalen Warren. Now, I look at what Anthony McFarland did the other night, and I look at what Warren's done not just the other night, but also through the entirety of camp. And by the way, look at what McFarland's done over the course of the couple of years that he's been with the Steelers. And while I'll applaud that McFarland's now running in a straight line for the first time in his career, he was hitting holes the other night. Uh, he was finding open grass kind of the way he used to do in Maryland when he was a legit big play type back. And I'll say, hey, great, go get him, kid. But what Warren has done is something a little bit different. Warren is a natural tackle breaker. He's a natural uh, guy who's going to get you extra yardage regardless of the circumstance. Uh, He goes really low, and that's not a shot at his diminutive stature, but he utilizes it. He keeps running while he's low. It's an interesting thing to watch when somebody... uh, makes an effort to just focus on that. His legs keep churning even as he's moving forward. It's not the same as falling forward the way you'd think of with, let's say, you know, Le'Veon Bell or going back to Eddie George. He actually keeps moving and he puts himself into a position where somebody's got to tackle him like, I don't know, with their knees or something. It's not easy. It's not easy to stop that as a defender. That's 
a really interesting weapon. And if you'll recall in those things that you referenced there, Rusty, that I've mentioned over the course of the past few months, I've been looking all along for someone who's a little different than Najee Harris to be the RB2. I've been looking for somebody who gives them a, a, a different look, a different feel. I don't see that in McFarland. I definitely don't see it and never have in Benny Snell. This player, again, without getting too far ahead of myself, he did put the ball on the ground the other night. And, of course, he was out in Latrobe yesterday carrying one with him everywhere. Never underestimate the extent to which this head coach stresses ball security. You would like to think that that can be cured. We also need to see more. That's the part where I'd raise a little bit of a caution flag because we need to see, can he catch the ball out of the backfield on a consistent basis? Can he run all of the plays that you want to have run out of the Matt Canada playbook, including the sweep left, sweep right, that apparently is going to be a really big part of all this? Oh, and one other thing, can he pick up blitzes? We can all gush about running backs, but as soon as you talk to the actual backs in the room, all they'll stress again and again and again is ball security and blocking, ball security and blocking. As they will repeat back to you, you can't play running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers without both of those traits. So let's see how it goes. Right now, Warren is my guy, but mostly because I'm not nuts about either of the other two. And oh, by the way, where Benny's concerned, it would probably behoove him to find a way to get back onto the field before long. I'm not suggesting he's a threat to be cut, but I am suggesting that it's a significant threat to his place on the actual running back depth chart. Let's remember that Benny's a really good special teams guy. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.